Here it is. We are live. And welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show of the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I am your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 233. Moving right along, man. We have an amazing, amazing show for you guys today. We are bringing it back. We had a bunch of great reviews on it. So today we are bringing back our fight round table. Okay. I told you guys, we're going to keep this going. We're going to keep our, you know, our, our guests interchanging and we have a couple, you know, consistent guests, a couple new guests and all of them are going to be friends, man. So I'm telling you guys are going to love what we have in store for you guys today. I hope you guys had a great day. It's amazing outside. I know it's fall in some places here in LA. It's the same temperature. So I have no clue. Uh, but all in all, man, uh, we've had some fights. We've had some beef. And we've had so much more. But here to actually discuss that and so much more, man, today on the show, episode 233 of the greatest combat sports and culture on the entire universe, we have the Guru is back. The Guru's coming back. You know who the Guru is, man. That's my boy, my brother from another. We have B-Cam. He is coming on the show. He's going to talk about some boxing, some fights, and more. Also on today's show, we have a real treat for you guys. We are joined by the legend, the MMA legend, the pioneer for, for essentially MMA in Chicago, specifically Mr. International himself, Shoney Carter is on the show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring the gentleman on the show. What is going on, gentlemen? Welcome to the podcast. What is going on? This Nick, Serge, my guy, how you doing, man? <laughs> I am doing very well. B, what is going on, brother Shoney? How are you, sir? I'm, I'm you know, I br- you bring it, I bling it. Now I see and that. That's what I do. I, I, right. This, I'm on the dude, train. I, I, it is all good, man. <laughs> I see. Shoney, Miss International Carter, for those who do not know, um, is a legend. He is the first man to ever land a spinning back fist in the UFC, and he actually knocked out Matt Sarah. With it, man, it was that uh, hand he's pointing uh, to right there. Uh, uh, um, uh. So, you get Chicago legend, man, always a pleasure to have him on the show. Actually, the first person to actually kick me in the head, just to throw that out there, uh, when I was training. And of course, we have the man, the myth, the legend, B Cam. Brother, how's the day going for you? That's good. How you doing, man? We out here, man. I appreciate man. We you having, having me back. You know, you got, got my little drink here. I, I, I know you requested I bring a, bring a little something to the show. I, I, I got I some work later. I said, hey, Hey, you know, I'm not really going to be drinking, but I made an exception just for you. Some little black labels some ginger beer. And that's what we're going to do today. And I know, you know, you may have a different vice of choice today. You know, that's how we get down. But yes, I'm here with you, rocking with you, party usual. Happy to be back. (laughs) Hey, happy to have you here. Happy to have you both here. Thank you both for joining me on the show today. Um, So uh, what today we're going to go ahead and talk about, man, and we're going to talk, we're keeping it all combat sports because we both know or all three of us know it has been crazy over the last you know honestly the last weekend or so i mean we've had legends get smashed out and uh, i mean it's a really weird time in both combat sports i mean because you have a lot of different a lot of moving parts man with this weekend we have a legendary fight on both sides and i'm talking about in terms of you know we have the charlo pay-per-view we also have the incredible show UFC 253 um, with Israel, the last Abender, Adesanya, and uh, Polo Costa on that card as well, man. So we have a lot to talk about. And as we know, 
this weekend. Um, unfortunately, I have to start with this. But before we get to the show, gentlemen, anything you guys want to start with? What's going on? Talk to me. It's so much to talk about. Man, like, listen, we are in. Ooh. Go ahead, talk. Somebody, I, I hear you guys. Yeah, go ahead. I'm getting on a train for two stops. I'm going to let y'all start the party. Yeah, hey, it's all good, brother. We just so, go ahead and mute your mic till you're ready. So, sir, my guy, we, we are in the final days to a huge fight weekend. Obviously, we have the Adesanya Costa fight coming up. On the boxing side of things, we have Charlo, Little Charlo. We have Big Charlo in the doubleheader pay-per-view. So it's a huge yep. weekend. We got to decide what pay-per-view we're going to buy. Some of the ballers are going to buy both pay-per-views. I mean, it's going to be a, a, a huge, huge fight weekend. We're going to have a lot to talk about next weekend. A lot will be decided this weekend. Um, it will, man. Power it will. Rating, they, may, they may shift around a, a little bit. I um, mean, you know, Canelo, guys like Canelo, they're going to be watching. Is there going to be Absolutely. a next opponent for Jamal Charlo? For Jamal Charlo, will Canelo mm-hmm. fight this year? I mean, there's a lot that's going to be happening this weekend in boxing, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this Saturday. There it is, man. We're going to talk about that and more, man. But we're going to start the show where, unfortunately, none of us really wants to start. But the question that is on everyone's mind this past weekend, UFC, major pay-per-view and everything was happening this weekend. It wasn't pay-per-view. I'm sorry. This past weekend, we had a fight night, UFC fight night. It was a Vegas 11. Tyron Woodley fought Kobe Covington. And as a lot of us unfortunately knew it was going to happen. Unfortunately, what we discussed here, Tyron Whitley got dragged. And I hate to say it like that, man, but we're just going to call a spade a spade. Tyron Whitley was dragged. He lost. And the question that is on everybody's mind, and I'm going to go ahead and open it up to both of you gentlemen. I'm sure, like I said, we'll get Shoney back in a moment. Uh, but what I'm opening up to you, bro, is Tyron Whitley done? Brother, can you hear Sorry, me? You there? I, I kind of lost you for a second. Repeat the question, please. I was saying, is Tyron Woodley done? Yes. I mean, we don't have to spend spend a long time here and relive this weekend. I know as a part of Black Amer- the Black American fight community, that really hurt because Tyron Woodley, he is really one of us. He's not one of the guys just up there fighting to get a check. He really does stand for something. He represents the community. This is one of the guys that got real big in, from Ferguson, Missouri. So right around the time Mike Brown got, was killed, that's when we started noticing Tyron Woodley. He's from the area. He was real, real big. He's always been huge for the cause. And because of that, he's had some friction with Dana White. And unfortunately, with where he's at in his career, he's given Dana White more and more of a reason to not feature him, to essentially cut him at some point. But Tyron Woodley, unfortunately, as one of my favorite UFC fighters, he, he's done. He has nothing to offer us. And it, it's interesting because some of the things that made his ty- uh, title run not memorable from certain people's perspective, they continue to show up and they've gotten a lot worse. He can't he can't react. He can't defend in the way he used to. He used to, he's always been a counterpuncher. So a guy's like the fight, like Damian, the Damian Maya fight, the Wonderboy Thompson fight. He sat back. He waited for his opportunities and they did come to a certain extent, especially in the Wonderboy Thompson fight. That doesn't happen anymore. And he doesn't have enough to create his own offense. He's creating his own offense based off based off of the other person's offense. And that's actually on the boxing side of things. A lot of what we saw in the Erickson Lubin, Terry Gachet fight, which we we'll get into a little bit later. At, at this point in his career, Tyron Woodley's done. It sucked. It hurt to see um, him get knocked out like that. And the guy that he probably was washed up 
Uh, now, what, real what quick, let, let, let's when we say he got knocked out, he did not get knocked out. Let, let's not let, let, let's not make make up finished shit. finished. Okay, finished. There, there, okay, yeah, he finished. he 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 stopped fighting. You know, um, all right. Before I get into my my opinion, man, Shoney, man, how do you feel about this? Do you think that that Tyron Woodley is legitimately done? Do you think it's over? Is it done so? For the legend, oh, he's gone. <laughs> right. He'll be back, I'm sure. Um, B, you hear me okay, though, yes? Yeah, no, nah, I, I, I hear right, you. Perfect. So, like, so like, check I'll... it out. I, I, I'm going to say this. Um, in, in terms of Tyron Woodley in his career, uh, Tyron Woodley does go down as one of the best uh, welterweights of all time. If he went out there and actually went on a run, he beat Kamar Usman, it was arguable that he was actually the best, welter, the best welterweight of all time. We actually had that conversation. Is he that guy that could be the number one guy? But I'm going to be honest with you, man. Tyron Woodley proved to me exactly who he has been. Tyron Woodley is one of those guys that I hate to admit this to you guys. And B, I know you and I discussed this. He has not been my favorite fighter. He hasn't. I think he's great. I think he's been great for the sport, and I think that he has never gotten his due. But in terms of his style, stylistically, I've never been a fan of his style. My man has, you know, looks like Tarzan, fights like Jane, and he did it once again. He did it again. He literally did it once again, man. And when we look at what he has done in the past, man, this is, this is awful. He went out there. Let's look at his last three fights. Tyron Woodley's last three fights, he has been outstruck 724 to 192. Ugh. Bro, 15 straight rounds. That's equivalent to four fights for everybody else that he has essentially been scraped up with, all right? Um, hey, when I ain't gonna lie this, to you. It hurts my heart. Yeah, go ahead, brother. Tell you, please step in. I don't say that he's one of the greatest welterweights of all time. Okay. Hello, can you hear me? You there still with his brother? We lost him for a second, but it's true. I mean, look, I, I mean, a lot of people have said it. Um, I, the way I've stated it, it's it just... Oh, is he back? There it is. Are you... Can you hear me? I hear you now. Yeah, we hear you now. Can you hear us? I'm back. I'm here. All right, there we go. I don't think he's Tyron Woodley. I don't think he's one of the greatest welterweights of all time. I hear you. Mm -hmm. Look, man, it, we, we out here, it, you know, technical difficulties, but we're going to keep the party going, man. Um, Check it out. So, so, so go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, uh, so to continue that conversation, to your point, I mean, his style has never necessarily been all of that, all that exciting. But as a fighter, what he represents, that's what made me a fan of him. Someone I can relate to. And that, there haven't been exactly. a lot of faces, a lot I of people yeah. in the UFC that I can relate to. We don't relate to John Jones. He's an amazing fighter, the greatest of all time. But he's a absolutely, absolutely don't relate to him. So Tyron Woodley was someone we can relate to. And then the he has, a, he has, his, he has right a title here. reign. And then I believe he, he, he still had his belt I mean, by the time he, he fought Darren, Darren Till. He still has his belt by the time he fought Darren Till, I believe. And he came back with this amazing style. And we're like, wow, this is the new Tyron Woodley. He just bashed Dar Darren Till's head, head into we the thought. And then he comes back his next fight and nothing. And he's been flat ever, okay. ever since then. 
And I don't want to watch a guy that I idolize to a certain extent continue to get his ass beat. And he's not, he, yeah, he comes to the fight and he looks amazing. His his, his physique looks amazing, but he doesn't do anything. And, and, and it's just hard to watch someone who does not do anything. Look, man, we're going to keep trying to figure this out today. Unfortunately, like I said, his service is going in and out, but it's totally fine. Um, B, you make a great point. Um, he, like we said, it's it's been bad for him. It, it's been bad. Um, and unfortunately, he did, has not gotten the love that he deserves. Uh, but he hasn't made it easy for himself. But let's talk about his skill set and what we saw. Did you see anything in this fight that made you believe that Tyron Woodley can legitimately continue competing or possibly compete in the future. No, I mean, there, there no. just, there's nothing to go off of. So it's one thing when if we can say, hey, he, he, he went out a certain way yeah. in a losing effort. Hey, hey, Shoney, hold up for a second. Hold up, gentlemen. Yeah. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Shoney, can you hear me? Yes. All right, cool. We finally got you back. So hold fast for one second. And I want Brandon to finish up his point real quick. So B, go okay, continue. Sure. So right, it, it's... It's one thing if he gets finished in a losing effort. And I think the key word in that sentence is effort. He really doesn't put enough effort going forward. He all, the only effort he puts in is on defense. Yeah, so it's hard to say he, he's, he, he, what he still has, what he still doesn't have, because he just doesn't put much effort w- offensively. So, I mean, I, right. if he's not putting effort offensively. It's the same thing every single fight. He's been hearing that. They're training him. Hey, Tyron, you're not exactly. throwing enough strikes. You're not throwing enough strikes. You're not coming forward. And then he continues to do the same thing. He has to go. He has to go, bro. This is, that's it. I feel you. I'm with you. Tony, uh, final up. You say 38 years old? 38 years old, man. He's had a great career. He's had a great career. He's had a great career, man. Um, it, it's just something that is really sad to see. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, it's one of those things that you would have loved to see him go out on a high note, almost like you would have loved to see Daniel Cormier go out on a high note. Uh, but unfortunately, man, it is what it is. All right. Now, let me go break it down and move to the second piece of news for the day. Right. Um, and the second part of the story, which is Kobe Covington. All right. right. Kobe Covington. Um, I want I'm going to say this for everybody else. He's a hell of a fighter. OK, right. I, 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 and I say this begrudgingly. So. He's a hell of a fighter. He's easily he's ranked number two in the world right now. I have him top four hands down. All right. He's that good. And is he exciting? No, but he's efficient at what he does. Um, now, I think the biggest question is, is about this. And as you guys see, I've changed it up. Um, what are your thoughts? And I'm going to play this video before we actually get into it. But what are your thoughts on Colby Covington's rhetoric pre and post fight about Woodley, LeBron James and Black Lives Matter? So before we get into that, check out this video real quick that Colby Covington post fight. Ladies and gentlemen, referee Dan Mergliata has called a stop to this contest at one minute, 19 seconds of round number five. Declaring the winner by TKO, Colby, KO, We don't have a belt for you tonight, but it was certainly a championship performance. And I'd imagine this one feels pretty damn good, Colby. Congratulations, man. John Anik, let me start off by saying you've been doing a tremendous job lately. You've been working so hard tonight. So let me take this off your hands for a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, the silent majority is ready to make some noise. If you thought that was a beating, wait till November 3rd when Donald Trump gets his hands on Sleepy Joe. That's going to be a landslide. 
Hey, and Kobe. I want to, I want to, Don, I want to dedicate this fight to all the first responders, all the military out there. You know, this world would not be safe without you guys. You know, you keep us safe. And, uh, you know, not these woke athletes, man. I'm sick of these woke athletes and these spineless cowards like LeBron James. And speaking of spineless cowards, Marty Fake Newsman, Street Judas, we got unfinished business. There's nowhere to run and there's nowhere to hide. I'm coming for you. You're next! Whoa. B, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, to a hey, certain, hey, hey, real quick, a whole a whole lot of tomfoolery, a whole lot of tomfoolery, a whole lot of tomfoolery. But I mean, from a WWE standpoint, he did a great job. Like, you know, if he wants to go out there and cut a promo, he, he did great. If he wants to if he wants his audience to get amped the fuck up, he did a great job. Because if I was a white MAGA supporter like out here in some somewhere in Alabama, somewhere in Florida, I would be turned the fuck up right now because I am who I am. I fucking hate Colby Covington. And I'm not the I'm not the MMA guy. I'm the boxing guy. So it's your responsibility to tell tell it how it is, to give the quote unquote real. I don't have to. Fuck Colby Covington. I don't think he should ever be on tele- television again. The type of shit he's what did LeBron James do to him? What did LeBron James do to anybody? He just hates, he just hates black people. He hates the fact that black people don't want other black people being killed. That is fucking crazy to me. You cannot put that type of shit on TV. However, that is what we get from our president. Let me let me so, read this. Real, and, let me and, read, and, let and me and read this real quick. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll, I'll say I'll say one more thing. Like one thing that was super lit is Donald Trump calling him. I I in no way am I a Trump supporter. But if I won a, a major fight like that and Obama called me while he was in office at my presser, that's a fire. Fire. So, so, so lit. And I don't know if it was planned for a stage, but that shit was fucking cool. That was cool. And I I hate Donald Trump, but that was just cool. It just is. That was cool. I'll give him that. That that was a little, that was kind of lit. But let me read a a, a lit ass comment that this motherfucker made. Kobe Covington post fight also goes out and says, Tyron Woodley is standing up for lifelong criminals. Black Lives Matter is a complete sham. It's a joke. You're talking about people who are complete terrorists and criminals. These people who are not hardworking blue-collar Americans, they are bad people. They are criminals. He later added about Woodley. He's a mar- he's a communist. He's a Marxist. He stands for criminals. He hates America. And that's why he got broke tonight. All right. I'ma let you, I'm gonna let you say something about this. All right. But I gotta say this. Yo, fuck Kobe Covington. All right. I'm gonna say that. First and foremost, all right. Because this this is the thing that's crazy, and not only fuck Kobe Covington, and and, and I'm, I'm I'm putting this out there, MMA media, you are not doing your job. This is this is in, this is something that why are we continually allowing legitimate hate speech to go on in the sport that we love? Now let let let's just keep it a bean. One of the biggest reasons that this is happening is because. The president of the UFC is butt buddies with Donald Trump. It's probably an Eskimo brother. Let's just keep it honest. His ass is out there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, come on. You know who he probably is. He nasty. Come on, fam. We know what kind of dude Dana White is. Let me hey, let me ask let me ask somebody. Shoney, what kind of dude yeah. is Dana White? He's a dick. There we go. That's all I needed to know. All right. So <laughs> so so look. So about that. Here's the thing about it. And again, I'm not here to shit on that. But Dana White is allowed. This rhetoric to happen. 
you cannot speak about COVID, but you can go out here and talk about literally hating black people. Okay. Um, I don't care how good Kobe Covington is. This cannot be accepted in the sport, in any sport, anywhere. And people looking at it, first and foremost, I guarantee Kobe Covington has no idea what a Marxist is. I guarantee you he has no clue. What that means. Uh, before I continue with my thought, man, Shoni, what are your two cents on this? This, this, uh, okay. on Covington and what he's been saying. First of all, I am a U.S. Marine before I'm a martial artist. I've seen all of. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> we're trying. We really are, uh, but it is what it is. I think we're just going to get Shoni on another day, guys. It's all to the good. Um, B, uh, final thoughts about Kobe. You know, Kobe Covington. Um, and his his rhetoric. So, Kobe Covington spoke. Can you hear me all right? I hear you perfectly. Okay. So, Kobe Covington spoke about. I feel like I'm coming through weird. Kobe Covington spoke about. Um, you know, this is why. Okay, my mic is messed up. <laughs> I hear you perfectly on our end. Okay. All right. So, Kobe Covington mentioned Tyron Tyron Woodley's. Is this that in the third? And that's why he got mm-hmm. knocked out tonight. He didn't say that when Usman broke his jaw because that was for the title. And come out. Did you hear what Usman said in the? Uh, did you both hear that during the post fight interview when Kobe's going off on his thing? Usman stops, looks at him, and looks dead in the camera and says, "I broke your face." That's what happened. And, and that he is did exactly what happened. <laughs> he did. He went out there. He broke his face. And let's just keep it a bean. There's nothing he can say. There's nothing he can do about it because it's the reality. Um, he has allowed this circus trick to continue going on. And I'm going to be honest with you, I, I think it is a bad look for the sport because what it continues to do, it continues to allow people to think that it's okay. I don't know if either of you have gone on MMA, not like looking at the comments between any MMA fighter or thing like that. It is a cesspool. It is terrible. It really is. For pro athletes to step up with a platform and to create such divisive language and to sit there and say that Black Lives Matter is a bunch of criminals and thieves. That is an absolutely travesty. He's a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white boy who don't know nothing about uh, being a, a man or woman of color in this world. So Truly. shut the fuck up. Truly. Man, talk about dropping the mic. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, look, he's going to keep coming in and out, I guess. That's just what's going to happen. It's all good. Um, B, is there anything else that you want to say? Because, again, I don't want to belabor the point, but what he is continuing to do, and that's why I kind of want to read this post, and I even want to bring up this thing. And the last thing I want to say, and this, I think, was the most incendiary thing that he said, okay? The most incendiary thing that I saw him say is um, when they were going, he and the Kamar Usman, like we were talking about when Usman said he's going to bring, he broke his face, um, this mug, and you were talking about how lit it was that this motherfucker had the president call him, right? All right. He also said, who did you get a call from? Did you get a call from your freaking little tribe? Did they give, some, did they give you some smoke signals? You're a joke, uh, Marty Fake Newsman. That who, who do you say that to? to? Who do you Kamara say that to? Usman. Yeah, that's, that's super racist. That's like, super racist. He's super. African. From Africa. Nigerian. Super Nigerian. Granted, he grew up here, but still. 
That's a Nigerian brother. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that he was able to go out here and say that and do that, and, and there is no ramifications from the organization, it's, 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 it's awful. It's a terrible did get, thing. Did you get a call from your tribe? He said that. He said, did you? He said, and I quote, who did you get a call from? Did you get a call from your freaking, your little tribe? That is what he said. So do you he think- said, no. we, Then he follows up and says, did they give you some smoke signals for you? So do you think we, not as people who have somewhat of a platform with the podcast, but just us as fans, do you think we have a responsibility to sound the drum a little bit louder for some yes. type of ramifications for that yes. type of racist hey, rhetoric? Yes, because, we do. Yes. yes, we do. Because if I said something racially incendiary, Mm-hmm. That that being said, I didn't see anything from the fans. I didn't see, and, and granted, this I don't. I'm not as deep in the MMA community as you are. I'm not yes. in deep in the MMA community on Twitter or Instagram, so I didn't yes. see on either platform. However, I didn't see much about these comments. I, I saw some of the things about you know him saying him with his normal Trump rhetoric, getting a call from Trump, but I didn't see anyone outrage with the racist comments that he made. And those comments are absolutely racist. I didn't even hear anything from Kamara Usman. I think he posted something like more so uh, from a competitive standpoint, like I'll, I'll do it again. But yeah. no, no one said anything. This man is saying, did you get a call from your tribe? He like said, that's how, that's, that's, how he, tribe? Yeah. that's how he thinks of black people. And that's a problem. Yes. That's a problem. A problem. And, and the UFC won't do anything about it because they're in bed with Donald Trump. But at some point you have to you have to cut bait. You have, you have to say, to okay, like we're Trump, we're, we're a Republican organization. Dana White is in bed with Trump, but we still cannot allow this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. It is a bad look on the sport. And for the sport and Dana White to sit there and be totally fine with them essentially going out here and, and race baiting and saying bigoted and xenophobic things, it, it, is, it is awful. And you know what? And, and the thing is, we need, this is why individuals like us need to have these conversations because once we do have these conversations, people have an opportunity to really understand that this shit's not cool. This it's not, not cool, man. It's um, not. And the last, thing is, la- yeah, final thoughts, look, Shoney, and final thoughts B on this topic before we move on to the next. All right. First of all, I'm glad Kamaru's went high when Kobe went low. As a, a You want to be perceived as a professional and step beyond someone speaking ignorant. But the thing is, it needs to be addressed. Okay, because if I made a race- B, what do you think? It, I, I'm, I'm with Shoney. It has to be addressed. You can't just let things like that just go under the radar. And I mean, what's the guy, Mike Perry, that is out here going going he crazy? Would, and, you know, you without, one to, yeah, saying dropping bombs and shit without ramifications. That doesn't make any sense. But a guy like um, what, what, what's it called, uh, Justin Willis, get gets he gets cut. cut. He he gets cut after one loss. Dude, not only he gets cut after one loss for being a for being pro black. Let's just keep it a bean. That is the reason Justin Willis is not current. Justin Willis is a top five heavyweight. Ten. He lost. He Ten. no no. He is a top five guy. Okay. He is a top five talent, and that's where he was heading to. The person that he lost to is somebody who is arguably the best in the sport. Chicago's very own. Went out there and did his damn thing. Only person he's been touched up by is Ngannou. And I'm talking about Curtis Razor Blades. And there's no shame in that. And that's the only person he lost to. Everybody else, he ran through. Has he, he competed in Bellator yet? Because he signed to Bellator. No, now, right? he was signed to the PFL. 
Okay. He signed to the PFL, and he probably, he honestly would have, I, I think he would have won that tournament, but th- because of COVID, the PFL took the season off. He's in my, he's in Florida right now at American Top Team. He is currently training. Um, they, PFL, take care of him. He was on the show. Please listen to the episode that we have. I believe it's episode 220 or so, and that's with Justin Willis. I'm going to try to get you on Lewis Taylor for the PFL. I would love that. That would be amazing. Yeah, PFL is He's out in Chicago. Yep. Yep, he actually he's the million dollar winner from last last year. Um, Thirty three right, uh, seconds, the, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Another shy town legend. Um, all right, uh, gentlemen, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Um, what I want to do want to talk about is this one. It changed gears slightly to boxing a little bit uh, because this weekend we had the one fifty four is is active and doing his thing. Erickson Lubin um, defeated Gachet, Um, and I'll say this. After watching that performance, and B, I want to start with you, because I have my own thoughts about this. Can he beat the best at one? After that performance specifically, do you feel in your heart of hearts he can beat the best at 154? No, I don't. I really don't. Because he he didn't do enough on his own. He was waiting for Terrell, Terrell Gaucher, who's not necessarily an offensive fighter in his own right, to bring the fight to him, to create his own offense. He was, it seemed like he was having trouble creating his own, his own offense. And his trainer in the corner was okay with that. He was telling him, hey, you're, you're doing great. Keep it at the pace. pace. Don't, don't turn it up at all. When you are in the position of an Erickson Lubin and you've been knocked out by the title holder in the first round, knowing that if you win, you are the mandatory for the title holder who has no incentive to fight you. You have to give you, you have to make people want to see that fight again. You have to, press. you have to press for the knockout. You have to be impressive. And he absolutely wasn't. He, he, this fight was set up for him. You know, he was going to get a lot, a a lot of the people that the fight came on, I believe before, after the Tyron Tyre Woodley fight. So from a combat sports standpoint, he was set up for a big performance and he just he was. He didn't do anything with it. And his trainer allowed him to do that. And I think you have to read the room. This is, that's a term we hear pretty frequently nowadays, but read the room. You have to, you have to make an impact if, you, if people want to see this fight. You got knocked out in the first round. And while I love to see the fact that you've come back from that knockout and you put yourself in a title, uh, in, in position again for another title shot, yeah. You have to be impressive or Jamel Charles is just going to go another way. He has Absolutely. no incentive to fight you. And if you fight him again and you look like that, he's going to beat the shit out of you. Jamel yep. Charlo, he's now been in his own wars. He now has yep. his own strike. He now yep. has his own scars. And if you yep. show up to his fight like that, he will beat the shit out of you once again. So you, yes. if you're going to show up to a fight like that, both you and your trainer have to understand, you have to read the room, and you have to perform big. And if you're not going to perform big, if you're not going to get the knockout, at least appear as though you're pressing for it. I.e. Yes. Sean Porter's last fight. Sean Porter's last fight, he didn't get the knockout, but he no. pressed for it. It was very obvious that he was pressing yes. for it, he was pushing yes. forward, and he put on at least a semi-exciting performance that was Absolutely. not what we got from Lubin on Saturday. And honestly, on the other side of it, Terrell Gaucher, he's very honest about the fact that it is. Hey, cool. and Gaucher, and then let's be honest, real quick. He got rocked in the in the what was it the the, the late in the fight? He got wobbled. That was and round eight or nine. Yeah, and the fact is, the fact of the matter is this, man. Gaucher doesn't crack like Charlo or the rest of the boys at one fifty four. He he's not going to last with the top guys. I don't believe it. I don't see it. Um, like I don't know if Sean is still there. Nope. Uh, but look, I look at that. It's just one of those things that um, I think he is a great talent. 
he's just not good enough to beat the best of the best, unfortunately. He's just one of those, those A-level guys. It is no shame in it. It's just, it is what it is. We can make some about, good fights. I think we're talking about more of the B level, B plus. We, we're, yeah. not, you, 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 I, you see, I wasn't trying to give him a B. Yeah. I was like, ah, but you know, you're right. He a B level dude, man. No shame in that. No, no shame, shame in, that. in that. And he can become an A. He can become an A level fighter, but he has to change his style at least, a, a, at least a little bit. He has to push forward, take, yeah. take more risks, more aggressive. Yes. But from the Gauche side. He fought well, really well, down the stretch. And he admitted, he's someone who admitted in transparent moment, we don't get this from a lot of fighters, and that's something that I do respect about him. But in the Lara fight, when he got his first title opportunity, Lara's made a lot of people look bad. So there's no shame in that. Um, But he mentioned that the moment was too too big for him. And I get that. But he can't let the moment be too big for him again when there's no fans in the arena, and he doesn't show up to round eight or nine. You have to show up for the, you have to show up for these fights. And I don't know if he respected Lubin so much, but he allowed Lubin to get away with those first six, seven, eight rounds. Yeah. Had he if, he, it, if he started, it would have been a t- much tighter fight. And honestly, I think, I think one of the scorecards was, was, was 15, 13. He had an opportunity mm-hmm. to win the fight, but he just didn't show up for half of the fight. You cannot give up six rounds of the fight and just expect to win. That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. And he knows that. But you, yeah. if, if you're going to expect to win, I think there's a huge difference. And I always say this. There's a huge difference between a fighter that shows up to win and a fighter that just doesn't want to look bad. And the first six rounds, six, seven rounds of that fight, he looked like a fighter that just didn't want to look bad. The True. second half of that fight, he was a fighter that wanted to win. And that's a Terrell Gaucher that has, a, uh, that has an opportunity to get another title shot. But the guy Absolutely. who saw the first six rounds of the fight, he's not going to win anything. So I hope to see not him right. come, back, come back strong. And I hope to see a much stronger performance from Lubin the next time we see him out. Um, real quick before we go ahead and continue to talk about that one, uh, Shoni, did you have an opportunity to check that fight out? I did not, and that's why I've been rather silent because I want to see the, the fight I really care about. Like, I ain't gonna lie, is Tiafimo Lopez and uh, Lomachenko. That 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 fight there, it, it's funny. Did you guys both see the breakdown that um? Timothy Bradley yeah. did about that. Did you guys have the opportunity? You check that out. Um, there's, I, I'll send it to you. Uh, it's actually um, on. Um, I want to say ESPN, but he he did a uh, he did a breakdown there, and pretty much he was talking about how he believes that Teofimo is going to end up, uh, or should I say, uh, Loma is going to take Teofimo into into deep waters and drown him. Um, wow. That fight is, 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 a, is a ways away still, and obviously we have time. But just real quick, real quick thoughts about this one. Just like one word answers from both of y'all. No, one sentence answer. I'll say that. One sentence answer both of y'all. Yeah. Is that realistic? Do you Can you see Lomachenko taking him to deep waters and drowning him? I have to say, because what I've seen from him, wow, somebody better, better bring a scuba tank. <laughs> B, what you got? No, that's not that's not realistic. I, I can see it. Ha- okay, it's realistic, but it's not the game plan. I don't oh, think no. Lomach- you you want one sentence or you want me to talk? I said I want one sentence. I'm done. All right, because <laughs> we're gonna talk about it later. It's it's coming up. We're gonna be able to. That's gonna be a fight that we're really gonna de- you know uh, dig into. Um, real quick before we transition from boxing, um, I do want to ask you guys this, uh, Jaron Enos. Uh, Boots performed this weekend, just ran through his opponent. 
He's at 147. Um, B, this, this question is for you specifically. What is it going to take for someone like him or Jose Ramirez to actually break in at 147? How are they going to get these title shots with these big guys? I don't think they're handing them out. What do you think? I'm talking about uh, Virgil Ortiz. Virgil Ortiz. I'm sorry. I said uh, Jose, Jose Ramirez. Ramirez. No, wor okay. no worries. No worries. That was one so, Guys like Jose, uh, you got me saying, guys like Virgil Ortiz and Jerron Ernest, who looked absolutely amazing on Saturday. The kid is clearly extremely talented and way, he, he's out just outclassing by far the guys that he's able to fight, but he's not ranked too highly in any of the governing bodies. So none of the top, none of the higher ranked guys that he should be fighting are going to want to take a risk on him. And what I didn't realize is that he's with a much smaller promoter. So it's hard for him to force some of these bigger opportunities. Yep. So what I think he needs to do is take a book, uh, take a page out of the top 147 pounder uh, uh, pounders playbook in Errol Spence. So the year is maybe 2016, let's say, right? maybe around that 2015, 2016 range. Yep, yep, Errol yep. Spence is, is coming up the ranks and he's trying to get those opportunities, but no one at the time. And Keith, Keith Thurman was pretty much dominating the division at this point, with yep. obviously Mayweather being the top, top guy. But yep. Keith Thurman was the other guy in the division. And Errol Spence was calling him out. No one wanted to fight Errol Spence. So Errol Spence said, I'm going to beat the shit out of everybody and I'm going to force a title opportunity. And over the next year, year and a half, he took about five fights. And he knocked, and, and those, those guys, they were recognizable names. They weren't yes. top guys in the, in the division because the yep. top guys wouldn't fight him at the time, but they were yep. recognizable names. Guys yep. like Chris, Al, Chris Algieri, who I've been in the ring with Manny, Manny Pacquiao. And he knocked them out one by one. And he not just knocked them out, he systematically destroyed them. He understood the concept that Erickson Lubin, he couldn't grasp that, but he understood that he needed to be impressive and he was impressive. So he was able yeah. to force his title shot with Cal Brook and he hasn't looked back since. So guys like Jerron Ennis and Virgil Ortiz, if they really look, look to make their mark in the 147 pound division, they need yeah. to go on a run like that because it's not going to come easy, easy to them. The guys at the top of the division, they're aging, but they're not that old yet. And they're, right. they're not playing. They're not. So I say that because outside of Keith Thurman, who's built up a couple injuries, you know, mm. Sean Porter, he's going to continue fighting at a, at a high level. Um, Errol Spence going to continue fighting at a high level. Terrence Crawford, Danny Garcia, those guys are the, those guys at the top of the division. They're not looking down at a guy like that. Maybe a guy like Ugas, but mm. it's going to be very difficult to break in unless you force somebody's hand to the point where it's going to look bad if they dodge you. Because then you challenge their manhood. They have to take the fight. Now you're on the big stage and you can show the world what we've seen for a very long time. And we, yeah. I, I, think they, I think the kid got it. I'm not saying he's right. Errol Spence or, or, Errol Spence or um, Terrence Crawford, but the kid clearly has it. And I would love, I would love, love, love to see him in against top competition. All right. Perfect. I love it. I love hearing it. Um, all right. Let's move on right along. Uh, I think dude's a beast also. Um, I, I can't wait to see he put on a show. Um, in, ter in terms of Enos, he put on a show this past week. Boots went out there, did work. Really fun to watch, man. I love his style. I love his length. Um, I, I love how he catches people at the end of his punches, man. The dude, the dude is really fun to watch. Um, all right, let, let, let's move right along, and man. He, and he's going to be a good self-promoter, too. I believe it. I do. All right, uh, moving on. Let's go ahead and talk about, going back to you, to MMA a little bit, man. And we're going to talk about this dude. Everyone's still calling him a hype train. Kazmat. Shemaev. And the question is this. Do y'all believe Kazmat is the real deal? Yep. And here's the thing. Before anybody says anything, 
Why don't we just show people his last fight? Why not? Stockholm's Kamzat Shumayev, 26. Gerald Mershart, the American, is 32. Shumayev, one inch taller, but it's Mershart who... Using first, fighting out of the blue corner. A freestyle fighter holding a professional record. 31 wins, 13 losses. He stands six feet, one inch tall, weighing in at 186 pounds. Fighting out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Gerald GM3 Mershart. And now introducing his opponent, fighting out of the red corner, an undefeated big martial artist with a perfect he, professional he record. He wins, no losses. He's going he out there. Six feet two inches Unfortunately, tall. Unfortunately, in at and one half pounds. Fighting out of Stockholm, Sweden, by way of Chechnya, Russia. Yeah, man, that scream was scary, <laughs> bro. This dude's terrifying. <laughs> Look at this man. He ready. And when the action begins, our referee in charge. Look, even the ref know it's about to be proud. Front row seat for Mark Smith. And Jared Mershaw, for those who are like watching this, they're like listening This one between Gerald Mershaw and Hamzat Shumayev. He's a gritty veteran. Over 30 fights. He's tough as nails. Shumayev, a prohibitive just ready to be betting favorite. I wish we could get a stopwatch on the screen. This fight clock is brought to you by Modelo. Mershaw, out of the southpaw stands in blue. Shumayev, orthodox in black. He's a couple little feelers. Shumayev, straight on the pressure like I always does. He's moving right along. Oh, where are you? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Oh! There you go. Jeez. That's there, my friend. Was the fight? Yes. That's an impressive. That was celebration. it. You, you kind of cut the celebration. I was like, that's an impressive balance. My, my, my <laughs> like, man's is something else. I thought he was gonna hit it with the backflip, but he ain't that real. <laughs> yo, they, yo, Justin Gaethje hit the backflip. That if you gotta stand up there, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. Um, so check it out. Cosmot. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. He's the real deal, man. He's the real deal. He he goes out here, dude. He's fighting in two different weight classes. He's about to come back. He's about to fight Damian Maya. The UFC actually double booked him. They never do that. And he did this. He did this to Jared Mershart? Oh, shit. Mershart is no one to be trifling with, man. He is a legitimate badass. And he went out there and got drugged. And I don't know if you guys have been able to, to find it. I saw it as well. He was sparring against the heavyweight Alexander Gustafson. He's a teammate of Alexander Gustafson. He was training with him. And then you know what happened? He dropped Alexander Gustafson. This dude is something else. Um, I believe he will absolutely compete for a title in 2021. 2021, that's that's really fast. But the guy seemingly has it. And as we spoke about a little bit earlier, read the room. Understand that you need a big performance. You have a lot of haters. Hey, Dana White shouldn't have double booked you. You're a hype job. Okay, this is what a hype job looks like. He gets knockouts in 20 seconds. Call me a hype job. Hype job now. Um, I think he looked looked amazing. And he, had, he had no reason to doubt him at this point. I personally, I, I just started watching this guy. You told me his wrestling game is absolutely amazing. Really, Khabib like. So I'm excited to see what happens when he gets gets touched because he's obviously been dominating from a strike pers- perspective. He's been dominating all his fights. Has he lost? Well, the here's the thing. No, here here's the thing. And, and you looked at those numbers, and I posted those on social media a couple of days ago. You see his striking numbers. He's doing that on top of people. 
That one knockout you saw, that's the first time he one-punched somebody. All those other strikes is literally he <laughs> runs up, grabs them, shit puts them on the floor, okay, and not beats all that the control, shit bro. out of them. That is how he's being hit, has all those strikes. Yeah, I mean, he, he's... It's he not striking out. like he out here, I just signing it up. He ain't doing that. No, he's, I'm in your chest like a beat. I'm going to take you down, and I'm going to pound your face in until you can't get up. So here's why that performance was important for a person like me. I'm what I consider a casual MMA fan. And so the first time I heard about him was the outrage about him being double booked by Dana White. So I'm like, okay, well, let me see what all the hype is about. That's the, that for me is the first full fight I've watched of his. I will not miss any more fights of his <laughs> until, uh, until he goes Tyron Woodley on me. So, man, <laughs> straight damn, my man Tyron Woodley's is straight. Sorry. Oh, ain't it had to be you? But that's the real deal. I'm not missing any more of his fights until he goes Tyron Woodley on me. So he that's a, that's a big moment for him. I love to see him going forward, and he absolutely looks, feels, and and speaks sounds like the real deal. Uh, I think uh, I was listening to. There's another fight podcast out there. I know you don't like to acknowledge it, but with our guy Teddy, Teddy Atlas, Atlas is amazing. Uh, his show is great. Uh, and, know, and, it it know, is what it is. He, he just jacked the name a little bit. It's cool. We love you, Teddy Atlas. And he he's one of my favorite. Um, he's one of my favorite boxers. We have the fight podcast first. Just putting it out there. And he has, he has that good little foreign swag is what he was saying. So take it back a couple years ago, maybe early 2010s. You know, 13, 14, 15, Triple G was trying to get those big fights, and he referenced Triple G on HBO. Can't couldn't really speak English. All he could say was, hey, big drama show, bring him on. And that's kind of where he's at. He finishes the fight, calls out the top guys, screaming before the fight. He's fun. He engages you. We want to see him again. And guess what? Dana White booked him again, so we get to see him real soon. Um, Can't nothing wait, bad to say be- about the guy. He's a real deal. All right. There it is. All right. Moving up, man. Moving right along. Uh, we have to keep it because we don't have that much time left, unfortunately. Um, I had to bring this up, man. Uh, this is coming up, and as we see, this weekend, it's here. Adesanya versus Costa is finally here this weekend, and and this was online, and, and I got to get your thoughts about this before we go any further. It seems like they ran into each other. This is what happened. Thanks to MMA Crazy, wherever y'all are. Who is that? What? I do like the weight, the skinny. I look at Lee, never skinny. Stay skinny. Take care of this, guys. Bye bye. Oh no. Was the beef fake? Have I been played? <laughs> to me, it sounded like out of sign, was, he was being respectful, but he was kind of trolling him. He was like, he, 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 <laughs> like, nigga, you look kind of small. <laughs> yeah. You look, you, you look a little bit frail. Everybody talk about this physique. You look a little bit, a little bit small. So either you drained or you're not that big. Either way, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you on Saturday, sir. Come <laughs> get some ass with you from the style bender. Time out. I'm gonna ask you this. You saw this video. Adesanya is a bigger man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he not. A, here's the thing. He is. Four inches taller, and he has eight inches of reach on Costa. This is my eight inches. Yes, I mean, I guess, I guess Costa, he's he's huge. He kind of he has to hold it in his torso. Exactly. 
So here's the thing. Adesanya and makes a good point. And I've said this time and time again. People call him a runner. How is it possible that somebody in nine UFC fights has seven post-fight bonuses? How is that possible if you're a runner? This man also has a record of 76-5 and five kickboxing. He is 7-0 pro boxing. And he is 19-0 in MMA. You think a man with over 100 fights is afraid? Have we seen him, somebody like him, go back and look at his resume and the people that he has beaten? Jason Wilness is one of the baddest kickboxers of all time. Adesanya ran through him, got cracked, didn't matter. Come on, man. This guy is somebody who does not run. And people also have to take into account, fam, running and using footwork, that's two totally different things. This is, a, a combat sports are a thinking man's and woman's game. It is not about I'm supposed to be this brute and I'm just supposed to run through you and take shots and give one. No. The sport is set up so that you use intelligence. You're a martial artist. It's martial arts. And that is what Adesanya does better than anyone else. He's incredible at what he does. Um, I think that, does Costa have an opportunity? Yes. Costa does have an opportunity. He, he's extremely strong. He has a lot of pressure. Um, does he have one-punch knockout power? No, he does not. Go back and look at his fights. Even the people that are finished by him, after they, the ref pulls him off, they stand right back up. It's because he's big, he's forceful, he's coming downhill, and he's, he's throwing a lot of volume at you. He also does all this damage against the cage. You think Adesanya, with someone with good footwork, you look at boxing, we understand boxing, you think somebody with great footwork is going to allow you to pin them certain places? No, that's not what happens. How do I think this fight goes? I think if, and I'm going to give um, Costa a shot, right? I say if he has an opportunity, he has to catch him early. He has to rush him, and he has to overwhelm him with his size and his strength and his athleticism. If he does that, he has an opportunity. He's going to do that. And then I'm also going to point out everyone who has done that against Israel Adesanya has been knocked out. Now, I have a question. I mean, in, in boxing, I understand the concept of cutting off the ring. That's someone that, that that's something exactly that a guy, the same. A, a guy, exactly like, the same. It, is it with the ring being so exactly big and it being rounded as opposed to a square? It's exactly the same. Does, is it as effective in MMA it's as it is exactly in boxing? Exactly the same. Okay. Okay. It, dude, it, it, it makes no difference. I don't care. We can be on, in a field and I use that exact same footwork. It works the exact same way. Now, is Costa a guy who's skilled at cutting off the ring? No. He follows you. Okay. okay. And when I, here, here's the thing. And it, here's the thing. And Costa, Costa might know this, Costa. Costa, I'm fucking that up, I'm sure. Here's something that Adesanya knows. A guy that follows him, a, a guy that will follow you, that is a very, very dangerous strategy. Because if I know that you're following me as a fighter, that means I am now controlling your movements. I can put you in the exact place that I want you in the exact time that I, that I want you there. And that is a dangerous game for him to be playing is he, if he isn't skilled at cutting off the ring. And I think that's what he's going to run into this, this Saturday. I agree. I agree. I think he's going to end up getting put in the blender. And, um, and I think Adesanya gets one of the most impressive wins of his career. I think he makes an example of him. And here's the thing. I, I speak this highly of Adesanya 
because I he's he's one of the best I've ever seen. I mean, it's it's like there's a couple guys that I felt like this about when I first saw John Jones. I felt like that. He's that same type of dude. He's one of those guys that when you look at you, like, oh shit, he's different. I, I from the moment I saw him, I saw him. But it has to be about five years ago now, five six years. He was just kickboxing at the time, and um, and that's when I first saw him. And he, even when he was doing that, I was like, holy shit, this dude is amazing. He's incredible. But I mean, I, I think he's gonna run through this dude. I think he's gonna run through this weight class, and uh, and then I think he's eventually going to fight and win the title at two hundred five. Do, do we so, do we see uh do we see a Cosmont style bender matchup in the future? Nah, does it get to that point? Nah, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't. But that is his 185. That's his domain, correct? It is. Yes. I mean, but uh, but Cosmot, I I mean, that's a big fight. I I, I, I have to. But we can't say that with somebody who's never fought anybody in the top ten. That, that, and that's true. I'm, that's that, why I said it, if it, he it, continues, it, if he continues to win, that's a huge fight. If he continues exactly. to look this impressive, every win isn't going to come in 17 seconds, but could be exactly. And and that's my thing. Like he hasn't fought anybody in the top 15 yet, so I'm I'm very much so. I have to pump you have to pump your brakes with dude. Um, I think he's Cosmite is awesome, but and people and that's that's why I get irritated when people say that Adesanya is like a hype job, right? Oh, he's all hype. <laughs> Look at his look who he's defeated. He's beaten everybody. He's blasted that weight class. I mean, you look at it. He's beaten five guys in the top 10. And he's only been in the and he's only had nine fights. Like this dude is incredible, man. You cannot call him a hype job. Look at, and then also look at the different styles from the early guys that he's fought to Anderson Silva. To to um, Derek Brunson, Robert Whitaker that everybody thought was unbeatable, the Yoel Romero, the scary Yoel Romero, easy work, Robert, Robert Whitaker. You know, say uh, Kelvin Gastelum, dude. These are all top five guys, and he ran well, through them. What has Kevin Gastelum done since losing Adesanya? Lost. He, who did he lose to? He he lost he lost uh, to Jack Hermanson recently, and before that he lost to Darren Till in a fight that a lot of people thought he won. Okay, because I was going to ask no. if Kevin, Kevin Kevin Gaslam is going to get in line for another title shot. Obviously, I think not anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately for him, he ended up um, he took a lot of damage in the Adesanya fight. I think people don't take that into account. When you take that much damage, most times you end up losing like a fight or two afterwards. You take a fight, you have a fight like that, and he took a lot of damage, man. It takes something out of you. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have one more big thing to talk about before we get out of here today. And um, we have to bring this up because this weekend is a fight that uh, I really want to see. Oh, you're a boxer? Oh, OK. You're in a violent sport. No, I'm not in a violent sport. This art, this way of oh, life. Oh, yeah. We out here. Show them promo. Tell Thank me. you to Showtime. Hey, man, man, man. Man. <laughs> and they're fighting killers too, man. They're fighting guys that are legit. Jamel loves his brother. They're so close, they are just separated by one single bell. Can't wait, man. This is gonna be these fights that are gonna have some legit ramifications. 
when the dog's out here with lions. This is a great promo. <laughs> great promo. They got me hyped. Two fights, two epic dubs. We understand what is happening. Yo, this weekend, Showtime pay-per-view, we have Jermel and Jamal Charlo coming out here and about to do absolute work. So here's the question. Um, these are fights that are legitimate. You have Jamal Charlo, who is 30-0, the WBC 160-pound champion, defending his belt for the third time. Fighting Sergey Dervinchenko, 13-2. This is a fight that is the would honestly be the biggest name, the most respected name at 160 that he's ever fought. But also on this card, we have his brother, Little Charlo, one minute younger. Jermel, 33-1, defending his WBC Super Welterweight belt, which is at 154, against Henson Rosario, who has a record of 21-1. Bro, we talked about this last week a little bit, and we talked about who has an opportunity to, to lose or who we, who we think is going to win or lose or whatever. Um, bro, with the fight now being here, give me your pick and how he gets it done. So which, one, which fight you want to pick for? Both? Let, 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 let's both of them. Give me both. Okay. So I'm going, I'm going for a Charlo Knight. I'm I'm looking for a Charlo Knight. I think we don't know enough about Rosario, and that makes him a very tough fighter to prepare for. But he's lost before. He's been knocked out before by uh, I can't I can't uh, Nathaniel Gallimore. He's been yep. he's been knocked out for him, but that was before he was doing actual training camps. He was just yeah. showing up to fight before. He, I'm sure he trained, but he wasn't doing actual training camps. Now he's doing actual training camps. He's built in some skills. Obviously, he looks like he's added some power as well, given what he did to J-Rock. But Jermel Charlo is a bit of a different monster. He's a very, he has boxing skills, but he's a come forward type of fighter. And I think Jermel Charlo coming forward and he explodes forward. So Rosario will, will have his opportunities, but I think what Jermel Charlo is going to have an opportunity to do is close the distance. And I think if he does a good job at closing the distance and making it an inside fight all night, he's going to go to an easy decision or even a knockout because Rosario has his power at the end of his punches. I'm not sure. And I'm not convinced quite honestly that he can do any, he can engage in inside fighting with the guy like Jermel Charlo. And that's not to say that like, Jermel Charlo has shown us absolutely mind blowing inside fighting skills before, but he's been tested and he's been through the fire. And that's why I'm picking Jermel Charlo, uh, a proven champion this Saturday. Now, on the other side of things, we have Jamal Charlo, Big Charlo, as they call him. And I think his, the, the key to him winning is just size. The, the guy, Sergey Derevichenko, I've seen him it's live. He's 5'7". He's 5'7", he's but if you've seen Jamal, Jamal Charlo, he's huge. He's a full 160-pounder. 160 um, his, his trainer, Ronnie Shields, when he fought uh, J-Rock a few years back, he said that he wanted Jamal to move up, but... J-Rock was talking too crazy. He said, Jamal said, hey, I got, I got to fight this guy before I move up. He's talking too crazy. Fought him, got the knockout, moved up. He, Ronnie Shields, I heard him say last week that they're getting to that same place now at the 160-pound division, where he yeah. had maybe two to three fights left at this division before he moves yeah. up to 168. So this is a full 160-pounder versus what's essentially 
154 pounder. And yeah. Sergey Derevchenko, I think he's doing his second fight at 160 pounds, and he made a great count of himself in his first yeah. appearance. So size may not be a factor, but he doesn't do anything all that impressive. He does a great job at creating angles on the inside, and I think that does give Jamal some trouble. But Jamal has 12 rounds to catch him. I don't think Derevchenko is bringing anything back that's going to knock knock him out or or really pose pose a threat towards him. So if Jamal, I think the the knock against him is his his activity level. But if he yeah. keeps his act, so I think Derevchenko is going to come forward, and that's he can win points. He can win. Yeah, you know what's funny? It, it's so funny because so I've I've gone back this past week and I've watched his last um, five fights. I've watched Charlo's last five fights this week, and even you and I were critical of him in some of these fights. And the more I look at those fights, we had no reason to be critical of him. He beat well, I, the shit out of those people, and and that's the thing. He he went. He literally was walking through these guys. He did everything he did. He he was supposed to do in those fights. Um, we go through. I go through the ones that uh, the one when his brother lost. He started slow because he was he's mentally fucked. He's admitted that, and then literally went out there and beat the shit out of getting buddy. The one with Stephen, the little thick, uh, the little thick guy who won the contender series. Brandon Adams. Brandon Adams beat the shit out of Brandon Adams, and he was just. I mean, dude. People, people are so enamored with the knockout. We're, 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 and you look at somebody as their straight knockout puncher. We're not taking it into account when it's just pure dominance. Like I, the people were giving Errol Spence a lot of flack with that same nonsense. Fam, if you go out there and you dominate somebody and you win, who gives a shit? I give a shit. I think certain certain fighters are out there for you to make a splash, for you to make an impact. And I think guys like Brandon Adams, while he came... He's not that guy, though. He's a guy, tough dude guy, who doesn't get guy, knocked out. Guys guys like Brandon, Brandon Adams. Brandon Adams wasn't there to fight. And he was one of those guys that didn't exactly. show up to win. He didn't want to get knocked out. But from the Jamal si- Charlo side of things, he's pushing for... for the top names in the division. And the he did what he was supposed top, to do. The top names in the sport. Guys like Triple G, guys like Canelo Alvarez. And he did get a dominant win. However, if you're tr- if you're going to consider Canelo Alvarez and Triple G your goal, I think a knockout gets you a lot closer to that goal than a 12-round decision does. Yeah, but, but again, those fights, and, and I don't want to talk about those fights as much, but I was saying those fights shouldn't hold as much criticism as they have because they were pure domination. He dominated those fights. And he looked good in doing it. You know, he, he had all of these people hurt consistently, um, especially even his last few fights. His patience is top notch. He does some little things, the way he moves his head, his hooks, his jet. I mean, he is one of the most solid guys. And I, and I will put him in there against anybody at 160. And I might pick him. And, and, and I hear you. And I'm not going to argue with you. Like, look, I'm not a Jamal Charlo hater. I like the Charlo you brothers. Are, you know, you, you know, are. you know, we, you, wow. Just joking. Wow. But I, but I, I hear you. We've had this conversations and I'm a little bit more critical of the Charlos than you are. So I totally understand why you say that. However, that, that being said, I think for a guy who's going to come with high activity, like Derevchenko, Jamal Charlo's activity level could be sort of a problem because you you can't allow a guy like Derevchenko to bank rounds if you're not going to get the knockout. Now, I do expect both of them to win their performances with, with knockouts. Jermel uh, Charlo, maybe the middle rounds, late more later later rounds with Big Charlo. However, yeah. 
That that being said, you can't allow a guy like Derevchenko to get rounds in the bank. And I think with his activity level, he does have an opportunity to do that. However, all of that being considered, I see both Charlos being victorious on Saturday. Now, we had a conversation earlier speaking about does a win on Saturday put the Charlos in the top 10 pound for pound? Now, you look at the pound. Oh, you mean the, the question that was on the docket for today? That, my, that's my, the question you're asking? My, my, my bad. I, I just figured, figured we was going there. Um so will that put them on the top 10 pound for pound list? Now it should. It should. It absolutely should. Um for both of them. I, I think that if you look at it, 154 is arguably one of the best weight classes in, in the world. We've talked about that time and time again. Jamel, if he goes out here and gets it and gets, you know, is able to do what he's supposed to do and get another belt, yes, he has to be top 10 pound for pound. Um 160 is also considered one of the greatest weight classes in the world. And then you have somebody like Jamal comes out there and destroys somebody, or especially if he goes out there and finishes, specifically finishes uh, Dervichenko, I think he will also be top 10 pound for pound. See, I'm, I'm back. He needs a finish. That one he needs a finish. Which, which one needs a finish? Both of them? Uh, Big Charlo. Big Charlo okay. to be t- I, I think if I think if uh, Lil Charlo is, is just dominant, doesn't need a finish, but is dominant, he, gets, he ends up being like number 10. But if Big Charlo goes out there and gets a finish, a dominant win and a finish, they'll definitely also show him love. Otherwise, I don't. If he finishes the fight, they won't put him top ten still. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit torn on this, and I do think, especially Big Charlo, if he gets an impressive knockout, that he does b- belong on the on the list, maybe in that eight to ten range. However, if you take a look a, a look at some of the guys on the list, he, they, neither of these guys absolutely des- deserve to be there. Now, I think there's a certain aspect of the list that we don't often consider that should be a little bit more relevant in COVID because, you know, we, we've dealt with COVID, the, the, the worst of COVID, and now we're returning to normal life as far as sports are concerned. And so that being said, a lot of the fighters on the list, as amazing as they are, they haven't c- competed in 2020. So that whole aspect of, of, of what you what have you done for me lately, that just isn't isn't there. And I think with them being the first big name fighters to make a splash. I think they have an opportunity to make their place there. But once these other guys start coming back, I think they reestablish their, their place in the list. Absolutely. No, I see it, man. Um, I, I'm curious to see how the fight itself will end up going. Um, but uh, look, I'm excited. This is a big fight weekend. I cannot wait. We have Adesanya fighting. We have uh, Dominic Cruz, no, I'm sorry, Dominic Reyes and, uh, and Jan Blakovic also fighting for the vacant 205 pound title. Uh, that's also this weekend on top of both Charlos, man. A lot of amazing fights coming up, man. Make sure you guys check them out. It should be incredible. Brandon, brother, thank you so much for joining me on the show today, man. Any parting thoughts before you get out of here, man? No, sir. I'm happy to be here as always. Let's do it again next week and um, let's see how our picks let's see how our picks fare. Absolutely, man. I cannot wait, brother. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, man. Yes, sir. Be good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. That was B Cam the man. Going out there, man. Appreciate him. Appreciate Shoney Carter also for coming on the show. This has been episode 233 of the greatest combat sports and coach show in the entire universe. I'm your host, Underground King, Serge Vicente, man. Remember, check out under. You guys are looking right up under me right now. It says it. Check out the Fight Podcast everywhere. Like, subscribe, share um, there. Also, please check out Everlast.com, man. Check out CBD Pure. As well, check out um, Nug Club Official, man. Uh, they're our amazing sponsors. We appreciate them. We appreciate you guys for li- uh, for listening. 
And uh, without further ado, man, this has been your boy, Sergi Sente, episode 233. Love you guys. Peace out.